You're listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders. I'm Henry Tetley. I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today I'm your host. Welcome back, guys, to the the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Um, Today, we've got a really hot topic in today's market, transitioning from work from home to hybrid tech teams. Um, so off the back of COVID and multiple lockdowns and restrictions, we're seeing lots more companies reverting back to being in the office and adopting a hybrid working environment. Um, so really been looking forward to uh, this this topic today. Uh, let's kick off into the intros. Um, Julian, if you'd like to go first. Uh, hey, my name is Julian Fayed. I'm the CEO and founder of LoanOption.ai. I'm also a partner and the COO of a, another technology company, called UX, recently uh, rebranded uh, from Drive IQ Technology. Cheers, Julian. I'm Angus, over to you. Um, I'm the co-CEO, co-founder of a business called Quickly. So we build um, technology for mortgage brokers. Basically, you know, allowing mortgage brokers to streamline their processes and, um, you know, ultimately, you know, allow them to, you know, research better, like faster and better for their clients. Cheers, Angus. And Nazaria, over to yourself. I'm Nelby Patel. I'm for Rashid's Group, uh, which is a group of uh, 40 plus restaurants across the east coast of Australia, uh, looking after pretty much all the uh, IT setup across the group. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Well, uh, well, yeah, thanks for, for joining us today, guys. Um, Julian, uh, you wanted to speak about the the benefit of collaboration in the office as opposed to working from home and not building tech in silos. Um, would you like to um, elaborate? Yeah, so so I guess some people would see this as a controversial take, but um, but as a business owner, uh, you know, and we're obviously a partner in multiple technology companies, I've seen firsthand um, the fact that you just get a really more streamlined effort when you're developing products for a specific industry um, having people in the office collaborating and working really closely uh, one example would be uh, our finance brokers who actually use the technology that's getting built um, and obviously we license it to the wider market but we have our own team of brokers uh, using the tech providing feedback giving um, you know recommendations on on how the workflow should function um, it obviously informs the developers um, of what areas to focus on and what areas need improvement, but also it acts as a, the ability to stress test. Um, and you know, the fact that they're sitting right next to each other means that the developers, as opposed to working from home, developers are exposed to all of the different um, peripheral knowledge uh, that they need uh, to, to make the product as good as it can be. For example, if a, if a lender was to, to walk in and try and educate our brokers on the latest credit policy change then the developers are exposed to that product knowledge and and then they kind of work that into their workflow um the other thing is you know uh when you have people that are working from home they're all kind of um uh, developing uh, products or services in silos and you you don't get that same kind of interactivity um you don't get the shared knowledge uh, of the water cooler conversations on how things got solved um and I just think it, what we've seen in our business is that we've been able to rapidly scale and grow um, beyond, you know, the, the kind of expectations of the industry um, through that that collaboration, through those conversations. Um, you know, in, in a Zoom call, yeah, you can manage people, but 
um, through Zoom and, and other platforms. But um, some of the best conversations I've had with potential partners or potential clients are actually on the way out of the building as you're walking them out. And you just don't get that same um, level of conversation after the meeting is over. You know, you get to engage on, on a different level. The formalities are done. Uh, now you just press leave and, and then you close your lid on your, on your computer. Um, and so I think that's really missing from, from work from home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's Yeah. I think, um, I think you're like, like honestly, Julian, from my opinion, I reckon you nailed it there. I think, you know, there are, there are two key aspects of things that change a lot. Like one of them, the obvious one is management. Um, just like how you go about managing your teams and like organizing everyone. But another big one, which I think is probably even bigger impact and harder to get right remotely is that product development lifecycle. I am particularly when you have software developers building technology for, um, like industries or people they're not already intimately familiar with, um, you know, like developers building technology for other developers. They are their own users but when you have developers building technology for brokers it's like you know you like the closer you can get um those two groups mingling and if you have if you can have brokers like screaming out in pain when something breaks you know the developers see and feel that pain um and when you have you know you know brokers kind of like seeing you know what it takes to go into things they kind of get a bit of bit more of an appreciation so i think there's like yeah there's awesome kind of cross benefits there like i love the setup you've got yeah uh, the fact that our our software developers go to lunch with our finance brokers and they just chew the fat and they're just talking about problems or things they're working on and they share ideas you know it is a niche industry um you know it's not mainstream it's not like they're developing software for the average consumer they're not developing um you know like a, a a mainstream um product it's it's a product that's a b2b um product on the ux side and and on the loan options.ai side it, it is a b2c product um but it's but it's someone who's looking for a, a specific product or set of services um and so they need to have the intimate knowledge they need to have the yeah. the, the the granular information and that's really what sets us apart because could you build it without all of that yeah sure but that's not my point. Um, of course, you could you could build it remotely, but you're just not going to get the same. Can you nail it? Yeah, you yeah you really can't get the top. You can't get your product into the top one percent uh, in the yeah. industry without it. And look, yeah, and the thing is, like engineers are really smart. Um, you know, like it's yeah hard pressed to come across an engineer who's not a really intelligent guy. Like computer science is a tough thing to wrap your head around, um, and. I think, you know, the thing that goes wrong with engineers is communication, like they're being disconnected, that communication piece. And like, just by virtue of getting people in the same room and like getting them understanding each other, like you can kind of, you can bridge that knowledge gap and really get the most out of your engineers. You know, like engineers are smart and they are capable of like coming up with really innovative things and, you know, like doing awesome things for your business and all they need is context and you know like friends who are customers um i think that's a really yeah a really powerful thing i think from my end guys you touched on some really important points right around the technical side but the other one as well is the building relationship and that trust between those team members you know how they're having them there 
where first of all you build those relationships you understand your co-workers you understand the strengths and weaknesses of each team member which helps you build that more cohesive team uh when it comes to your clients and your uh, and your customers as well um another area is how, how you know that mentorship you know professional development you know all these things wrap up you know get people to do that for the remote team and i think what you find is people who are always remote versus people who are you know potentially in the office you do feel that disconnect within the office as well but there isn't that relationship between the team uh, team members as well and i think that kind of can that also looks at impacting what you can deliver to your customer yeah and yeah, uh, that's a that's a great point that that i think you touched on it really well about the team aspect you know i think of it in you know because i, I like sport and I, I love sport and i like all kinds of sport really but let's say let's say rugby league as an example um in rugby league if all of the players were training in isolation by themselves and they had the best coaches um they could you could have a really group a really good group of individuals but unless they train together and they're with each other you know maybe not every day but but you know every other day uh you're not going to get a really cohesive team uh, and i'm going to underline and capitalize the word team that's the key to to building um products and services that you know take the industry by storm it's it's a different level and and it doesn't mean you don't offer your staff flexibility you know if someone might have their family's graduation or, or you know uh, whatever it might be a, a relative's um you know special occasion uh that that that's that's a, a given anyway um before the whole work from home remote before this was even a thing we always offered our staff flexibility and that's built um, on the back of trust but my point is like the work from home things more the exception rather than the rule someone's under the weather you don't want them coming into your office making it the whole team sick anyway like stay home do your thing from the couch you know get some rest and whatever um but yeah sometimes what i say gets misconstrued because i'm not saying that people can't do their job effectively from home on a one-off basis or here there or you know maybe once a week or something my point is for them to be in those key meetings and to be part of the product development and to understand the vision that's so important you know because whenever they get to a decision point or a crossroads about how they should develop something or making a decision on what what framework they should use or, or whatever it might be if they fully understand the vision of the product it will help inform their decisions as engineers i love what you say hey henry can i just say i feel like um you've got three guys and so far we've only agreed with each other like we're gonna have to <laughs> For find watch out my wife well plus you agree on totally yeah that's just <laughs> like we need to create something um like a little bit more controversial maybe but like i think i love what you say there about vision julian because like it's one thing to kind of write down a mission statement and you know like put that in a slide or tell your team or like pitch it one morning it's a whole other thing for you to like embody that vision and for that to just be in your daily language and like how you talk to the team like you know like there's so much there's so much to be said for um like those small interactions you have throughout the day that really um help shape someone's understanding of you know the company vision culture and all that but culture hey, right quick question quick question julian how um your development team like what's the split are they at are they at work five days three days four days how does that work um i would say five days pretty much all the time and there is um 
yeah the odd day here or there um so i would say on a let's assume there's just say 20 business days in a month i would say 17 of them would be in in work so nearly nearly once a week there's one day but not quite um 17 or 18 of the 20 days would be in person is, is that across so that you know i know we're we're um we're kind of in the office but we're we're pretty much an in-office uh type business uh we're, we're a hospitality business so even during the uh the uh biggest you know time of lockdown uh we were always in the office anyway so I think uh, from this business point of view, it, it's pretty much on-premise, you know, in the office. Um, another thing is because you touched on a, a key point, which is the culture and identity of the business, right? How do you, how do you how do you buy into the business? How do you buy in and become part of that organization um, if you're remote all the time? You know, there's, there's things that happen in the office, there's team activities, um, you know, there's sharing that common space with, you know, your teammates and the greater business. Um, all these contribute to you you actually the business actually having an identity right so i mean that's why people say oh why do people say they want to work for google why do people say they want to work for big, big companies they don't have a, a culture and identity that people want to work for and i think having it all you know even being part of that constant work from home for even for some employees it may be a challenge as well so i think having that culture and identity in the office is, is important i think as well fundamentally i believe that people want more than just like from their employer or from the business they're in, they want more than just money. They want connection. They want to be part of something. I've said this a few times, but like I'll give you an example. Occasionally we're interviewing people from other businesses, you know, really big businesses, whether they've got a background in Google or background in Atlassian or all these really big tech companies. And they tell us about how much they were getting paid and all these perks and employee benefits and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, you know, looking at your resume, you've been there for like, you know, six months, one year, and then moved. And then, so all these places you, you talk about them like they're the best thing ever. But to me, it's like they're missing something. They, they were there and they were getting paid well. And they were, the, the employer was ticking all the boxes that traditionally you would think, oh, wow, that sounds like an amazing place to work. But because they were remote, they lacked the connection. They lacked the, um, I guess, the integration within the business and, and all of its values and, and being part of a team. There's nothing better if you've ever played team sport. There's nothing better than winning as a team. Doesn't matter if you score to try. If your team doesn't win, um, you know, then at the end of the day, you're still mourning at the end of the day. So you, you want to feel like you, not just yourself, but everybody in your business is winning, um, and there's yeah. no better feeling um, that then you, than you that you can experience. Yeah, I think um, you know, I think one of the things that you know, Google, Atlassian, Facebook gives you not just the culture, but Honestly, I think it's more the prestige, you know, like knowing software developers, um, you know, go through uni, you know, the guys who get jobs at Google and whatnot. It's like, they're a serious bragging right to go with that. Oh yeah, you got a job at Google, oh, what a weapon. Um, and so I think that like that prestige element is something that people strive for, but probably what they miss from those places is what you say, they're joining that like real culture. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. So. I think my one of my views is that you know talking about perks. I I think the biggest perk an employee can have um, is having an impact on the world around them. You know, like the it's firstly it's the cheapest perk. You don't need to pay anyone any extra in order to be a high performing person. But like 
you know, think about, think about, um, Julian, you got kids, you know, and like, they love just having, like when that it's particularly when they're small, you know, they poke a dog and the dog reacts and it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. Or, you know, maybe they pull someone's hair and they react and it's the funniest thing ever, or they build something and they've built something and they're so satisfied. Um, I think, you know, like, I think, you know, humans are wired to really get a kick out of seeing how their hand can change the world around them. Um, and that's something that it's a bit harder to get out of these big guys like Google and Facebook because you're just a cog. You're not, you know, whether you're there or you're not, you're going to, if you leave, you're going to be replaced by someone just as smart, if not smarter than you. Um, but I think that's one of the big advantages that you have um, running kind of a smaller tech company is that everyone who comes on your team has the opportunity to have a real impact, not only on the team and culture itself, but on the product. Um, and so like for me, hiring people, that's kind of one of the big selling points. It's like, Hey, join our team and you are going to help transform this industry. Um, and yeah, and so, you know, I think, um, you know, when, when you're looking on one hand, look, I can, I can, I can go for a job that allows me to work from home. Um, or I can go for a job that, you know, I can you know, build connections and community with people in the office around me and also have a like visible direct impact on some industry or product. Uh, I think that's a really compelling proposition. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's like, that's my rant. <laughs> well, that, I think that leads, you know, quite nicely into, um, into the next question really of, uh, you know, who are the biggest losers from work from home? and and what roles really suffer from not being in the office um, and obviously in contrast to that as well you know who are the biggest winners and and what are the easiest roles to manage uh, remotely um angus would you like to yeah um uh, like who are the biggest losers um i think i think it's something you know it's kind of going off the back of something julian touched on which is the biggest losers from not being in the office and around customers i think there's I think you need to be like for product teams and engineers. Um, it's more than just being in the office, but like being in an environment that um, you know embodies your end customer. Um, so that's a really powerful thing. And so I think one of the biggest losers are product teams um, and ultimately customers, because you know if you don't gear your product teams to build awesome technology, then you're going to miss out on building awesome take for your customers and so and, and like to kind of hone in there um probably junior engineers i don't know what how you like what you've seen and how many juniors you guys both hire but when you bring on a junior engineer into your team and like they really struggle you know when they're just trying to work remotely because you know a junior like someone new to a job or an industry they like let's say they make 10 mistakes a day um, and if they're in the office, they're going to see lots of those mistakes and they're going to be able to ask easy questions about them. Like it's hard to ask stupid questions when it's remote. Like I'm not going to jump on a Zoom call or a Slack huddle with someone just to ask a stupid question. But if there's someone sitting next to me, like I'm just going to ask and they're going to help me and I'm going to be unblocked. Um, so I don't know, like I don't know, I'm keen to hear your guys' thoughts, but um, I have a very engineer, I've got an engineering background. I run an engineering team. And so... That's my only real context. And I think the biggest losers are juniors, not just engineers, but designers and, you know, product managers. Um, 
what do you guys think? What about you, Nazi? I think I think look, I think it depends on the person. Now now we, we can look at we can look at the role and the technical role. Uh, I think that plays a big part. I think individuals there are some individuals who actually thrive in that social setting in the offer. And I think what what COVID did and working from home did is they're now working from home. Um, but I think they've lost that kind of social connection with the people around them. And you can see there are people who are just team players, right? Who, you know, they love being in the offer. Um, they love talking around the, the team. Uh, there's a lot of give and take and banter between the team. So I think those people who have who have those social connections and who love being in that social and that team environment, what's happened is they've moved to work from home, all right, whether they want to or not, and it's being seen and put forward as a benefit. And you see a lot of the big players have done it where they put people working from home. I think they've started to suffer. And I saw it with um, in past places where I've worked, especially during the COVID time, where people started working from home and just to just see, you know, mentally they're, they're not in that light space. Working from home, you know, um, trying to get in touch with them, uh, you know, their performance has dropped. And that's not, that's not a that's not a slight on them, but they just perform better in a, in a team environment and in, in an office environment. So there's that social element to them that they just they just thrive in and I think they lost a lot of that so they, I think that was the biggest loser with the whole work from home thing work from home started as what it you know pre-COVID it was a benefit you know and it was something where you know you support your staff uh, you know people who are working different hours and it gave them flexibility I think during COVID it became almost like a bit of a norm for a lot of people and I think people uh, a lot of people struggled with it especially those who, who need that social interaction who need that um, you know, team environment for them to really excel. Yeah, and I think um, my point is, I think um, uh, Angus, uh, I think you guys have already touched on some good points, but I'll point out, I think the biggest losers are actually small businesses because, I mean, they don't have the necessary middle management mm. typically to to, to actually right yeah. to, to run an effective um, remote team. Um, bigger companies can do it because they've got lots of middle management lots of people that are just trying to justify their position um and don't really do much in terms of frontline work um and their job is just purely to like check on everybody all day so so remote can work in those bigger businesses big corporates and things like that but small businesses are the biggest losers they're, they're expected to fund this uh, loss in productivity um in two ways one is you know the amount of small business owners i know that you know that the employees are uh, you know going and running all kinds of errands during the day that they wouldn't normally if they were in the office um so they lose productivity then and then also the executive team because there's no middle, middle management are also having to fill the role of that managing the people who work remotely and so they lose productivity and grow in their business so they, they end up finding themselves working in the business more than they should be working on the business but ultimately the loss in productivity causes as Ang angus mentioned um a, a, a drop in the desired outcomes for product teams. So, so the products get worse. We've seen that, and it's one of the reasons why Apple wanted all their staff back. You know, that they, they, they show me any company that's built anything incredible where they've had their team in the last you know few years, and they've had their teams working entirely remotely. Your teams go on autopilot, and they don't really innovate. They just maintain the status quo and iterate on existing things. Um, yeah, so I think so. Small business is the biggest loser. And you touched on a, um, another great point about uh, the, the team, uh, whether it's juniors or other people that are missing the mentorship and the career pathways. I think if you if you are invisible, and by definition, um, your executive team 
um, can see all of the value that you're you're adding and bringing all the great ideas you've got, um, you're actually making yourself extremely valuable. Sorry, you're making yourself extremely valuable. I did my best to mute then. I didn't make it in time. Um, you're making yourself extremely valuable to that business. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's all about career, then. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's... Mm, yeah, so with career advancement, you know, I started in an engineering role and moved into a product role um, and eventually started my own business. Um, like, if I had been engineering from the start, I wouldn't have seen the opportunity to move into product. Um, you know, it was only because I could kind of passively observe, you know, the office around me and kind of see needs in this corner um, that allowed me to kind of like move, like move from engineering. Um, so just kind of getting exposure to, you know, other people in your sphere um, is massive. And I think, yeah, I love that small business thing. In order to run an effective remote team, you need to be highly organized. You need to be doing your user stories. You need to be doing, getting your designs, doing all this stuff. And that's fine if you're a highly organized person. Like I've seen, I've seen some people, even from fairly small tech companies, run really effective offshore teams or like offshore or work from home. But there's a massive, massive burden on that senior management. Um, be highly organized and to, um, you know, put together, like lay down the red carpet for everything that comes, including all of the kind of innovative thought and it just kind of burns out kind of those senior management people i mean like yeah it burns out me when i was trying to do that more than i am now that's a good point about offshore thing because i think that's an interesting space that not a lot of people have contemplated yet but i think will be more prevalent because if you're going to manage a remote team does it matter if they're in the same postcode as you uh or, or or, 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 you know, if it's the labor cost, maybe their talent's not as good, but if the labor cost is one third or a quarter of, or maybe even less than a quarter, a fifth um, overseas, then, um, you know, you're going to be running them remotely over Zoom anyway. Does it really matter? Um, there might be a time zone delay or, or whatever, but you really don't need them to be available at the same hours anyway. And Exactly. And like, honestly, I would rather pay a really talented developer from the Philippines, you know, 30k a year than pay um an onshore person i don't know 90k a year or more right or 150k whatever it is that you need to pay that person you can get like really um yeah like really awesome talent by offshoring and so that's like so that offshore thing it's something it's something that you know we're starting to do so um you know with with my team there's like we have all of our kind of product team onshore but the the stuff that just kind of requires maintenance and doesn't necessarily require heaps of um, innovation or maybe there's a lot of grunt work um, or maybe it's just like just this you know responsive customer support role I think there are um, you as a kind of as a manager you can you can identify roles and scarve off kind of corners of your business that you can offshore without any you know loss to productivity like across the business and so that's something that you know a few people i follow have been um exploring and something that we're starting to explore now at the moment um yeah but there definitely is you know you kind of need to 
weigh that up against like you, you do need to be that highly organized um about it you do need to have lots of process you do preferably need to have you know some experience instead of just like leaning on them to figure out where to go you need to like really tell them where to go um yeah have you have you um moved any roles offshore in your company Julian? No, so um, we have a uh, the only offshore role we have um, on software side of things is uh, an additional uh, overflow QA person. So just in case that because because QA can sometimes be a bottleneck in our business if we're doing heaps of deployments and things like that. Um, so we really just have that as an overflow. All of our developers, our UI UX designer, our um, Scrum Master, our CTO, our, all of them are our lead developer. They're all onshore. They're all sitting you know, right next to our team, um, you know, and the rest of the team. So, um, yeah, so at this point, you know, we're going to continue to do that. We're getting much better outcomes by having it because of all the collaboration I mentioned earlier. And we're kind of doubling down in that area. Um, but you know, my point there was about like, if if our team decided they all wanted to work from home and you, uh, hypothetically speaking, had to manage them all remotely, and we we're paying like top dollar for for devs because they are the best of the best, um, but they're in Australia, and and then you could get an equivalent remote person overseas for a fifth of the cost. Let's say, um, uh, you, you know, you said 30k versus 150k, so let's say it's a fifth of the cost. Then hypothetically speaking, you could increase your en- the team of engineers by five times, um, increase your output, and still be managing them remotely. So that's my point: is that some of the things that people haven't contemplated is by not making themselves visible and by not leaning into the fact that you know let's call it the water cooler conversations and the the peripheral knowledge and expertise that they gain from being in a team environment um they're they're effectively outsourcing themselves you know i see it all the times all kinds of you know happens in marketing too you know people get big titles a group marketing manager or whatever and you know they start outsourcing all these other areas and they essentially outsource themselves to the point you know where they're not required anymore uh, and I'm, I'm fearful that a lot of the people that are kind of using this as um you know as a level to try and push their own personal um comfort and um you know they're effectively going to lead themselves down a path where they um people start going okay well if i'm going to hire a remote may as well explore offshore and then when they see the cost um it's uh, so it's pretty even if you're getting it's pretty compelling very compelling so the biggest losers the biggest losers uh you know the developers themselves like engineers themselves they just can't really see it um interesting i i just want to like uh look at the flip side here who who are the biggest winners um who's who's roles you know from home be Thing that's growing and growing um you know we've kind of mentioned um working from home is kind of making more normal this remote work thing which makes more easier transition to offshore and so you know i think um developers in you know india philippines wherever you know they're winners i guess from this cultural transition um like what other any winners come to mind for you, um, Nazi or Julian? Yeah, look, I think I think here, uh, if we're looking in Australia, I think you do have people like parents, you know, caregivers. Uh, you know, you know, they they they've had it tough for some time. You know, um, so I, I think they are big winners. 
And I think for a lot of the laws and people who are those those laws who can work from home, I think parents and caregivers are winners. Uh, it gives them the flexibility to be able to, you know, look after the kids uh, or look after someone who, who is in need and still be able to contribute to their to their business. Um, so I, th- I think those are pretty much the big winners from this work from home um, movement. Yeah, I, I was going to say single mums specifically, but you're right. It's more than just um, single mums. It, it is, you know, caregivers, people who have maybe maybe they have um, someone unwell in the family, and they probably would otherwise um, have to not be in the workforce. And, and so now they're given an opportunity where they can still look after their mum or their dad or their son, um, needs or, or, or something like that. Um, I think that's definitely that's a positive aspect, and that's why I think where possible we should always treat things on a case by case basis. I think. Um, you know, you know, so some people are, are using this um, to, to take up a second job, you know, um, uh, or, or work more hours, um, you know, but but in blocks rather than have like a fixed workday. Um, yeah, so rather than do a standard nine to five in an office, they're doing, you know, two hours and then one hour off and then four hours and then, you know, pick up the kids and have another hour off and, you know, get dinner ready or whatever. And then, then you know, another four hours worth of work once the kids are kind of doing their homework or whatever. So, yeah. What kind of role is that going to benefit? That, do you reckon, Julian? Like, do you want your, do you want engineers on your team doing a three-hour block here, a four-hour block there? Like me, I've, I've tried that as an engineer and I know that I'm far less effective when I, um, yeah. you know, cannot commit a whole day to work and instead have to chop it up piecemeal. Like what kind of role is that? engineers definitely know because we know if you've done any research on context switching this is why they say with engineers you really should um, have all your meetings in the first part of the day or the last part of the day not sporadic throughout the day because the minute you take an engineer out of a flow state when they're just in the zone writing code efficiently effectively they've already solved the problem and they're just putting it down in a meeting um, uh, zoom or, or in person whatever it is um, then you, you stifle the momentum. And, and so I, I'm, um, I'm a big believer in, in the engineers having like a block where they, where they maybe have a, have a, you know, small break or coffee or lunch or whatever, but block, big blocks, not, not small blocks. Cause otherwise you can't get any momentum. I think the roles that it benefits honestly are roles that are not time sensitive and don't require any amount of momentum to be built up. So in our business, I'll use an example. Um, you know, you couldn't have, um, say like a broker support function be intermittently available because clients want their loans, they want them really fast. So you need to submit to the lender really fast. But say a compliance role, compliance role where, you know, it doesn't really matter if the loan's settled um, already, closed off, clients got their money and there's just like a, a, a stopgap um, compliance officer. It's not really time sensitive. It's more, um, so I would say more administrative um, side or and also with those administrative roles, you have, you know, really, really clear objectives as well, right? There's very little ambiguity or necessarily creativity required for that role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's very clear, right? Very clear. Awesome. Well, um, well, yeah, I mean, with, with, with that being said then, so what strategies or considerations should we be taking into account? when you're transitioning from uh, fully remote work um, into a hybrid model for, for technical teams. Nazir, would you say? We, we haven't really spoken about the transition at all here. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, I guess, I guess if you want to start talking about transitioning, um, you know, let's say you have a, a team and, and, and you do want to transition, I, th- I think the most important thing is, you know, you have to put clear guidelines and expectations around that team and around what you want to deliver as a team. Um, and that works, for example, I, I, I have a team that is, uh, that is based offshore as well. And you do, regardless, need to always keep the guidelines of, you know, what is like, uh, what is required, uh, when it's required by, there needs to be clear expectations. Um, another one is the communication with that team. Um, there is such an there is such an easy way for that team to kind of be siloed away from the rest of the team, whether they're offshore, whether they're working from home. And I've seen that in the past where you get this team where the team who are you know in the office they know what's going on. You know they have a clear understanding of what the of what your strategy, what your vision, what your plan is. And then the people who are offshore or working from home, they're just doing their big pieces uh, and those PCO type activities. So, like I said, clear guide, guide guidelines, you know, expectations about what you want to achieve, and there has to be those regular team meetings to, to keep it cohesive and keep it as one team moving forward. Yeah, nice. Uh, Cheers, Mister. One of the things I struggle with is that I literally do not care about people I don't see in person. Um. You know, if, you know, one of my brothers lives in the States and I've seen him for years. This is going down a slippery path. If if he doesn't (laughs) happen to call me, I'm like, he's not in my life. Like, I don't care about him. I I mean, I do. Like, I stop. I think, you know, I deeply care about him and I love him. But, you know, it's so easy. Um, And I, like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, maybe I'm more like this than most people. Um, But, you know, for the few people in my team that are remote, I need to put in a real effort to kind of bring them in. Um, and so for the, you know, the couple of offshore, like the, you know, offshore guys who do work with us, like we kind of fly them in, you know, for a week at some point, you know, it's just so we can try and get them in, you know, like number one, get them kind of involved and across the culture of the team. It's like really, you know, feel that vibe. Um, and two, you know, for me, that I care about this person enough to kind of commit to the time, um, like commit the time and energy in order to manage them well. Um, so, and th- this is something I'm very aware of, it, you know, the fact that I, you know, just um, don't care about people who I don't see. Um, and so it's yeah, something that I'm already out. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it, you know, and, um, I don't know, you know, like being your high school friends who you haven't seen in 10 years, you know, like I don't care about them, but when I see them, it's like, holy crap, we're best mates again. But, you know, then we don't see them again. And yeah, I don't care about you anymore. Um, they're really honest. I don't know. There's a lot of people wouldn't admit that, but that's the reality <laughs> of it. That's why I said before, like, you need, you need to be visible to show your value. That's exactly what that is. It's, you know, um, somebody who is you know, working away, but, you know, really low maintenance, you don't see or hear from them. They're doing the job, but even if they're doing the job really well, it's hard to see that because they're, they're not contributing to the day to day, um, with the, re- in regards to like contributing with the rest of the team, they're just kind of doing it in their own little, uh, bubble. And, um, so yeah, you do need to bring them in. That's a good thing that you do obviously fly them in Angus, um, and, and, and likewise, uh, Nazir, uh, I think, um, the transition has been difficult. I think uh, 
some some businesses didn't set the expectation very early that this was a privilege this was not this was not your right this is like something we're doing because we're managing a, a pandemic um this has never done never been done before um they didn't set the it expectation yeah and it was rushed and they didn't set the expectation with their team that this at some point we're gonna ask when things settle down or when when people are comfortable we're gonna we're gonna um ask you to come back and here's what the timeline is gonna look like and a lot of people are doing it in a phased approach you know like to help with the adjustment like now we're gonna ask you one day a week to come back now two days a week now three days a week and they're just creeping it up slowly until they get everybody back in the office um and the reality is that some staff might have become accustomed to all those little things that they do uh while they're working from home like not getting dressed in the morning staying in their pajamas and maybe just changing the shirts it looks like they're dressed um and, and some people get really comfortable with that but but no no growth ever happened in in people's comfort zones and so it sounds scary oh my god i have to go back to the office but you know immediately people are like wow this is so much better this is so much easier to do business and anybody who during the pandemic um uh you know you know had some vulnerable people like we're like yeah of course you know work from home we don't want you to like contract it in the office and then you know go, go back home and give it to your, your your granddad or something um so so when those people came back you know they, initially they were stuck to the idea of no this is the new way of doing things i enjoy doing this from my couch watching netflix at the same time but then they realized how much productivity and they also then realized that um uh, because they were working from home, they were picking up the laptop at nine, ten o'clock at night, you know. Um, and and when you have a block of work in the middle of the day, when you wake up, you go into the office, you get what you um, need done, then you kind of go home. Like there is that clear separation, and and that's important for people's mental health. That's why so many people who are working from home for so long seemed really flat and really stagnant and and lacked enthusiasm. Um, because they they weren't getting the, the necessary separation between work life and personal life. This is my perspective. I'm not I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything, but this is what I saw firsthand running multiple teams and um, and you know listening. Obviously, we we deal with a lot of small businesses in our line of work. We we provide funding uh, for many small businesses, and all of them said very similar thing. Like, how do I get my team back? Like, how do I get them back into the office? How do I motivate them? We did different things. We 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 made it so that you know there was. Uh, reasons for them to come to the office. We, we um, invested in cool things like a racing simulator, so that created a bit of an excitement. We got a lot of motorheads in our in our team, and 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 that was like a small thing, but but it helped. We we moved offices and we made it so the office environment is you know second to none. It was we have a, a full size gym uh, on the on site and a heated indoor swimming pool and you know um, great um, after out like great events that we hosted at the office. So we just really never let it slip past a certain point where we couldn't bring it back that was that's i think the key thing with transition if you have then you really need to start putting steps in place to set expectations people people might actually might actually leave but um because you know that they, they they'll tell you that someone else off, offered them a full-time remote but you have to decide whether that's someone you want in your business i'm just being yeah. totally honest you have to decide you know what? what what type of business you want to be do you want to be at the cutting edge or do you just want to have a group of good individuals or do you want a great team and i i pick great team every single time that's what i pick yeah you know i'm finding you know when i'm hiring local you know you know local guys i'm finding that people want to be in the office um i remember hiring 12 months ago and it, you know it was like saying hey it's at the office two days a week it was like it felt like a big ask 
Um, but now when you're hiring people, you know, they're saying, hey, how often can we come to the office? You know, they're happy to do five days or four days or whatever it is. So I think I think that, um, you know, there that, that has been this, you know, and there's still this broader cultural shift happening where people want to, they're recognizing that pure work from home just isn't good for them. It's not healthy. It's not how they want to live their lives. They want to have a bit more community. So I'm finding it, you know, when I'm pitching my business to um, prospective employees, I'm finding the expectation that they come to the office. That is, um, it's no longer a con and it's starting to be, um, you know, one of the, like one of the compelling reasons to come. You're absolutely right. I remember doing an interview and it was going so well and I was happy with everything. And then they asked me the question and I was just scared to say, and I thought this might well and truly blow up this interview. And I was like, no, look, you know, we, we offer flexibility. We're reasonable, you know, but work from home is a privilege, not a right. It's something that you, you, you you'll earn and, you know, you'll prove, um, uh, you know, to, to, to us that you, you, you're more than capable and then it doesn't impact your, um, your thing but that will be a, a small dose it might be well, I, I probably at most once a week and um and they're like thank god last time it was purely remote and i just never felt connected <laughs> to the team and in my head i'm thinking i'm thinking you know most people most people would fold and go oh yeah like you know as many days as you want off or whatever um but yeah. but i was i stuck to my guns and we hire people that want to be there like i don't want to hire you my business if you don't want to meet the team and and actually embed yourself in the team that's the honest have you had any on the flip side have you had any people you know less interested because it is yeah. on side? 100% yeah have you seen that still or was that something 12 months ago has that changed? No, more, more so previously now I think it's you know it's changed a little bit now yeah, yeah. I, I, but yeah we, we walked away from yeah, it yeah people are still asking I mean even a couple of months ago I was hiring um, and yeah people are still saying you know can I do it remotely from home um, I don't know there seems to be almost a fear to come back some people to your office um, as well. I'll tell you my honest opinion of it. I think the people that work remotely actually have more than one job, or they're trying to get their side muscle <laughs> off the ground. That's but, the fear. That's that's the paranoia. Because you yeah, you have to deliver, and and you're accountable, <laughs> and, and you do have deliverables, you know, that need to be met. And that, but that's how it's been for you know for a long time, right? I can tell you. But then then COVID was thrust on everyone. Everyone was told next day go home. Right, and then and then all of a sudden now it's like you know people who want to come by now, you know people who are back in the office are back in the office. You know by now it's well and truly whoever wanted to come back to the office has come back to the office by now. Yeah. So, and I'm just going to point out I know so many like like I said I deal with so many businesses I'm embedded in the fintech community. There's so many business owners I know or managers of businesses tech teams that say to me, you know all of the team. And some of them are ASX listed businesses and some of them are smaller, you know, smaller businesses, probably our size. And they say, yeah, the reason that their team um, want to work remotely is because they're building a project and they use my, the base salary from the business to kind of support their, their um, while, whilst they're building. And then, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. There was one, one employee at a business that um, the output was fine, was still like doing more or less what they needed to do is a little bit on the low side, but um, then they left and said, oh, I'm going to do something different. And all of a sudden, overnight, they launched this cryptocurrency currency exchange. And you're like, I just founded this new business that's live already. And it's like, well, where did you find time to build that? That's like, 
um, they've been building it in you know, in, in, in be, six o'clock. Would be a case um, for the previous employer to, you know, um, take that person to court because you know they were building technology on the clock. Um, I'm, I'm not a legal expert, but so <laughs> so that so that so that is like yeah, that's not all people are doing that, right? I'm, I'm not going to say everybody that wants to work from home wants to do that, but um, you know that's the 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 thing that you need to contend with. Like it's it's like, are you going to get? 100% of that person's time whilst they're on the clock and um, I'm not against our employees having side hustles in fact I actually encourage them to do that but but I still expect a result and I expect them whilst they're at the office um, to do that and if they need help outside of hours or they need any input from me I'm I'm all I'm all about it you know I want to help all of them that openness and transparency right it, it's the trust. the trust and the trust gets built um, by earning your stripes not it's not it's uh, not given if that makes sense and it gets built in in being with those people right so trust is built by being with those people for a period of time you know have going through those highs going through those lows together you know projects that have gone well that have not gone well you know those late nights when things have gone wrong you know that's that's where you really see you know trust being built over time yeah absolutely and julian um appreciate your um you sort of insights there with some of the uh, the strategies that you've adopted to you know get people back into the office. Um, what about yourself, Nazir and Angus? Do you do you um, implement any similar sort of situations like that, where uh, or, or do you have any other strategies that you've been been implementing? I um we started doing this thing. I mean, we already did it for the first time like last week or a week ago. Couple of guys. So I run a tech team. Everyone's in their twenties. Because one guy in thirty, um, and so you know, we're all we're all nerds, and so one of the guys brought in a Nintendo Switch, and we had a night eating pizza, drinking wine, playing Nintendo. We knocked up before; it was a good time. Um, you know, that was cool. That's honestly the first thing we've ever done. That's like really, um, you know, really focused on you know building that culture in the office we started mostly remote and doing you know one day maybe two at the office then two days and now it's kind of we're moving to two days maybe three um and so for us there's been this kind of progressive um you know step up to being more in the office and like i'm only just exploring to be honest i'm just i'm watching julian and trying to be as good as him um and so <laughs> keep going out with awesome things julian and um, you know, like I'll, I'll implement them in my team. Um, you know, it's just like really what you want to do in order to make the transition to more in the office, more palatable and more exciting, you know, then there needs to be kind of two things. I think one is that, you know, there needs to be a tangible impact on how the team operates. Right. And so bringing everyone in and kind of getting everyone more aligned with the vision that's cool and people can be more productive because of that that's really cool but then there's just this whole kind of other vector where like forget that you know you're a high performing team we're trying to you know we're all here you know you're spending most of your waking hours at work give or take um and so you really want to give people the opportunity to kind of you know develop that kind of social thing and you know like making it fun and exciting in a 
completely peripheral way to just the work element is really important. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't have as much office state space or as as many employees as Julian, but I think that, um, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're figuring things out. And it depends on the team, right? Like my team's very different to um, what, what Julian did as well. So, yeah, you, you kind of just need to figure out you know, once you have a few people and you have an office, you need to figure out, all right, I've got a, this is my, this is the culture of my team. This is the demographic. How can we, how can we do something to help these people yeah. connect with each other? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, as you say, it's, it's a case by case basis, you know, not everyone's going to like the same things, but um, giving them the options uh, to do things. And obviously, you know, if you can pinpoint down, the, uh, the the sort of the hobbies and, and things that the, that you like like you say with the the Nintendo Switch it was the Nintendo Switch she said wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah we had yeah. to take control it was so much yeah fun. <laughs> so there you go you know, just <laughs> all the team uh, building right team building is what uh, you know makes that team really pearl when things are tough right you know whether it's going out for lunch you know like if they're playing games doing coming you know getting to know the people personally. I think that's that's one of the things that, uh, that that I've done is trying to get to know the people personally. You know, you can have a laugh, you can have a banter. People know when it's time to be serious. They know when it's time to deliver. But on the flip side of that, of that is when things are, you know, a bit better. You know, it's a bit more cruisy. You know, you're looking at better, better day off. Um, you know, it's a time where you know you can banter, you can joke, you can you can have a laugh, and and everyone knows each other personally and knows each other well enough to to be able to have that have that kind of uh, interaction. Hey, have you guys ever done offsides? I've been thinking about doing something like, I don't know, a weekend or a couple of days um, somewhere doing something with like with the team. Have you guys ever pulled that off? No, I've done it really just for a day, not 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 multiple days. Uh, I think multiple days uh, might be a bit hard for some people. But yeah, for one day, yeah, we usually go out uh, one day. You know, have a team, you know, we'll have sessions, we'll discussions you know you, you have your uh kind of team building active whether it's even paintball you know we can do all, all that kind of stuff i've done uh but not multiple days either just one day yeah right yeah so so we did um like a, a hunter valley trip um and got on a bus and we basically just did like on um a couple of even other years but, but essentially it was somewhat of a for a christmas party we just closed the office for a day and went on a trip for the day and did some things um every now and again we we'd invite the team to do like a weekend picnic or whatever and you know it's optional of course but i looked into doing like um an off-site and um it was way more money than i we could afford uh to go to Mali. <laughs> so um yeah i right. saw so like heaps of companies doing it. i'm like oh like it must be you know reasonably priced to get these villas and stuff like that it was just too much money um the they're all vc back companies though they've got money to burn maybe less so now though yeah, less so now. Listen, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I looked into that. I, I I like the idea of doing something, even if it's not too far, but just get like some cabins or something like that. And it's, it's yeah, it's harder to do as you get bigger because you know the cost becomes, you know, very prohibitive. Um, but uh, yeah, even if you just found a way to do it, and I'm sure even some 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 staff would, you know, if you if, if you um uh, were doing the right thing by them, some will be happy to contribute towards it as well. Effectively, they're getting you know a weekend away as well and if they want to bring the family or whatever then they can do that but yeah um i looked into it and i was like oh god this is i'd love to do it i would but it's it was so much money it was like maybe in the future <laughs> yeah maybe in the future yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. 
Awesome. Well, uh, well, look, thanks, guys. It's um, it's been great having you on board today, and obviously hearing about you know your your, your viewpoints and then your strategies that you're implementing um, within within your own businesses. Um, and definitely feel that you know the our, our listeners are gonna gonna, gonna get something from it. Um, it was definitely a, a landslide uh, with with all your opinions down uh, to, towards leaning towards one one sort of direction, but um, but but very good points nonetheless. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining again. I think it would be um, different if you had employees on as an example, yeah. rather, rather than business owners or C-level executives, um, right? Because because they're going to have their version of it. But clearly, from a business owner standpoint, it's not something that um, you know, especially when you're you're very close, yeah, to, um, to to you know the the financials of the business and and how tight a ship you need to run and and things like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be very hard to to get an official sure. i think uh <laughs> no no absolutely yeah cool yeah nah um that's awesome chat awesome so good hanging out with you julian thanks so good luck um chatting to you nazi you know worries, mate nice thank you gentlemen take care nice one cheers guys yeah.